Hi guys, how's it going? Welcome to Horses and Biscuits. This great little podcast that we do to discuss the development of the production and TV pilot, Karen. Today we're going to be speaking to writers. I want to find out what goes into writing the perfect script, what goes on behind the scenes. You know, can you do a quick rewrite? Is there other things that you think about for years that suddenly have to change on set and break your heart? I don't know. And to help us get through this, of course, we're speaking to Rocking Horses' very own Mr. Gareth. How are you, sir? You good? Yeah, not bad. Yourself? Yeah. I'm all right. Good. <laughs> yeah. good. Surviving, surviving the weekend. It's good. Yeah, we're so far so good. Yes, yes. Um, and to help to help us decipher what goes into making a, the perfect script or writing the perfect TV pilot, I suppose you brought a couple of, of friends. Um, one of which you guys yes. have seen many times on the show for Mr. Luke Allen. How are you, sir? I'm good. And he's like, you've seen many times within yeah, the chat. I'm... I think I, we did a brief live. We did a you brief thing at listener. the audition. You are only we did a brief yeah. thing at the audition, <laughs> yeah. but I was just thinking now, how's this my first time? Properly on a horse and biscuit stream. I, 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 my biggest worry is now Luke's on the show. Have we got any listeners? Yeah, you guys are uh, in the comments. <laughs> I've got it open noise. on my phone. We're good. Yeah, come on, guys. Give us some comments. I'm expecting we need a, few, to find... a few um, references to the fact that, Gareth, if you're talking about writing yeah. scripts, can we have a script, please? I'm waiting for a few comments like that. You've got us. We'll, we'll give yeah. you a comment like that. Yeah, I know you will. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and along uh, with Luke, we've brought in the amazing NASA, who's a, who's a writer, whose work I've, just, I've, I've met you before at the auditions. I've just seen some of your work before. NASA, yeah. welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's like yeah. kind of the first time, right? Sort of. <laughs> first time live. First time live. <laughs> yeah, first time yeah. live. But here we are. Uh, here we are. Here we are. Oh yes, I forgot we did that um that mishmash thing that we turned up at the yeah. auditions. We're like, auditions, we're gonna yeah. do a live show, and it couldn't work. And we all just sat and just did these interviews. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. That was just a, a nuts day. It was just crazy. It was a crazy um, day. Uh, Luke Allen is in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I just why why why? Why not been on so far? You know. It's, yeah. It's not even um, on. This show is live, of course, guys. And uh, if you want to get some questions in for our, for our anybody today, please get them in the comments. Or if you don't want to be shown up on the screen like I do, you can inbox us as well. Whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. All right. Um, last week, uh, last, oh, last week, the last show we did, we said goodbye to Steph, um, which we was uh, heartbreaking. But it, it was just a, it was just a, a beautiful episode where we all got to say goodbye to our good friend Steph, who isn't dying, by the way. She said a million times on the episode, "I'm not dying. I'm just I can't do the project anymore." If you missed that, the audio episode is is out now, so make sure you can check that out. Goodbye, Steph. For now, right, Gareth? How do you write a script? Oh. <laughs> this, is, this is what we want to ask today. Well, you load up Final Draft, which is the um, the software that we use, the industry standard software that we use um, to do that with. Um, but if you, but if you're a bit early on in things and you, you think, well, under 200 quid, it's, it's not cheap. We know that it's not cheap for us. Never mind anyone else. Um, you, you, there's lots of free versions out there. Like cell text is, uh, is a great one. To start. That's what I started on. Um, where I, you I can did do... it worse in the fact that I just, I read how to format a script and then I spent hours working out how to do that on word. Oh, which works, yeah. you can do it, but it you, you spend a lot less time uh, writing and a lot more time it. every line, yeah. hang on, I need to push that margin in by an extra inch kind of thing. But to answer your question, Alex, I think what you do before you even do that is you wait for the idea to come to you. You don't, you don't go to an idea. They come to you and then 
I've never sat in front of a screen and gone, I need to write a script now. I probably should do that more often, but <laughs> but um, but <laughs> you've had emails on the front on your screen telling you you need to write a script now. Yeah, that counts, doesn't it? But the idea comes to you, and if you, oh, that's good, and then you start. And and uh, I know what's interesting. I know me, NASA, and Luke have got very different methods, um, and I look forward to hearing what theirs are. But for me, um, is is I spend a lot of time in like what's called a treatment um, and outlines and stuff. I don't. I never go straight into a screenplay ever. I just couldn't because it, it gets. I get so confused. I, I need to have almost like, it's almost like dialogue for dialogue, line for line in a treatment. And then for me, it's like, well, if you get that almost so specific, then it's, it's not quite a copy and paste job because you always end up putting more in when you come to the screenplay to an extent. But by and large, the whole thing is, is for me, is structured before I even put the slug in, before I do the heading of the, of the script, before I even start the actual script, I pretty much got it all nailed down. That's that's how I do it. Is that uh, so you don't spend like eighteen hours writing something, then read it back and go, "Oh, it's terrible." <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, yeah, pretty much. I don't know what you what you guys think on that one. What you do? I mean, I never do a treatment. Mm. Never. I, I, no, I've never written one. Oh, I, I was okay. thinking about a sweetheart with my original producers, but I've never written one just because it's not like me. I just prefer to just start writing and see where the page I completely goes. agree. I completely agree. I don't put a plan out or anything else. Um, but with, with Karen, I am going to do a treatment because there's going to be the kind of, I've got to take that. There's no point in me writing the script and then you saying, hang on, Luke, you're not allowed to kill Izzy. It's episode three. Um, <laughs> you know, I, if I've got the treatment, then, then yeah, I can send it to you before the script's gone in. But I, I quite like putting pen to paper and coming up with stuff as I go. Sometimes it'd be really unproductive. Sometimes back with Reduce to Clear, Alex and I would often spend five hour Zoom meetings and all we'd come up with is that we want to get rid of something we've already written. So so yeah. sometimes that isn't great. Uh, but I, I quite like the freedom of not knowing where the story's gonna go. Mm. Um but also but yeah also that that's that's short form. So it it could be different. But also you know if you come up with an ending, sometimes I'll write scenes in a in a different order i don't know whether you do that gareth if no, sometimes i'm right here no, and i'll go i know i want it to end this way i can't figure out how mm. i'm gonna how i'm gonna get here yet mm. so i'll put block caps i'll put write more here later and then i'll write the ending i want and then i'll, I'll i may adjust and i may go oh the ending doesn't work now but I, I, yeah. I don't let that stop me i don't get the right i don't want the writer's block of i don't know what to do if i don't know what to do i'll skip it and i'll come back to it later Mm. yeah see i'm very i'm very rigid in that sense is that which is really strange because in every other uh, aspect of my life i'm so laid back and disorganized but when it comes to this this is the one thing i'm very very strict on myself and i'm like no this is you have a process stick to it and Mm. that's that's just me but um yeah i'm very not fluid when it comes to scripts but yeah but it's interesting these guys are so It's good that you guys got different techniques. I mean, it's confusing in the academic sense, <laughs> I guess. I mean, is there an academic way where there is a set format? This is what you do, kids. Uh, this is how you write a script. And if you deviate from the from the path. Well, Gareth should yeah. study yeah. academically, <laughs> but Gareth is doing it more to what the academics would probably say than... Which is ironic, really. Is literally studying it. it. Uh, but <laughs> I also... Whilst there are advantages to studying it, I also don't think studying it really is any qualification other than the odd extra bit of experience. What, what I would say, though, Al, on that point, is I can we can talk about different styles, and that's all well and good. But at the end of the day, the way the industry is, as something that's really important for people to listen if they're looking to get into this sort of stuff, is the end screenplay has to be formatted the, the same way. Because if it's even slightly different, it's, it's very snobbish of the industry. It's the way it works. You might come out with the best script ever. It could be the story could be like banging, 
But if it's not formatted to a certain standard with the, you know, sort of the, you know, the margins and all that and, and all the rest of it, or the right font, even the right, even the, even the, the, the size of the font, if that's not completely to, to uniform standard, producers will just put it in the bin. They won't even, they, yeah. won't, even, they won't even read it. Because... And it's weird because there are some things where there's a strange amount of lenience on within a script. Like your, um, you know, when you write on your descriptions in terms of like capitalizing names, for example, writers differ on whether they capitalize key props with capitalizing names or the rest yeah that sort of stuff doesn't actually matter but formatting and margins i don't yeah. think it's changed since the typewriter days no it's, it's very very old-fashioned in that sense and and, and i the thing is tr the trouble is in you know these guys you got to think they get about 50 scripts on their desk a day and they've got to whittle it down somehow so that's the first thing they go for is what isn't looking right and i'll just bin it because mm. i've got less to do it's really negative but it's just the way it is a little bit like that there you go. ignoring my annotations but i was checking one of mine but i couldn't say is it no it's uh it's oh, no, clear. It's not. i don't care then. um it was, i think it was actually, <laughs> i'm not sure i just i just looked over to me and i found that there was a script on my desk so i just but, um, yeah yeah but yeah i mean it's said that a lot of producers um if they're looking for um, optioning green lighting something um, which they want for a certain running time they will pick up a script and they will know how long it's going to be running time wise by how heavy it is yeah and this is what i was going to bring up about you. i was watching um have you guys seen the movies that made us have you watched that on netflix yeah, some, of them, yeah. some of them yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and i watched the one um i think it was forrest gump and um the mm -hmm. the, the the script, like this, they had this box of script. They picked it up. It felt weighty enough. They were like, oh, it's good thickness. The font was good. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Yeah. A quick breeze through, and they're like, yeah, we'll make this one. All those movies in the box were just probably putting yeah. an incinerator somewhere. <laughs> I mean, and that's yeah, how yeah. movies are made. And that's like, what? Yeah. Um, so, like, when it comes to what you guys are doing independently, right? And I'll, I'll go to NASA because I've just seen your sweetheart video, which we will show in a bit. When it comes to making something yourself, um, obviously you're not going to a big production company. You're not going, look at my script. You're making it yourself. Have you got to, have you got to grab someone visually? Bef you know, make a little bit of the script, grab someone visually, and then go on to make it a bit like a pilot. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I think if you can grab someone in, like from a visual standpoint, when they read your script and they can picture each scene, you know, mm -hmm. you've probably already got their back in. Um, I know one of the first people I showed the script to was my DOP, um, AJ, who is like on the project now. He said, well, I gave the script to him the first, like one of the very first drafts. Um, and the script's come a long way since then. It was a very like, you know, he could say that he could see the script as a film. And, you know, it hasn't even translated onto the screen yet. So I think, yeah, as a writer, you want to make sure that you can, you can grip your people in. Um, mm -hmm by making it as visual as possible. Um, and I think, you know, Gareth and Luke would agree that it's like, you know, you can you can see the film as you read the script for Sweetheart. And yeah, I think that's, that's what the lads are also telling me that is like, you know, seeing, you know, when I read their script, I can see what's happening as I'm reading it. And it's just like, it gives you confidence. But what, what is interesting as well is that it takes a level of, bravery as a writer as well to do that especially if you we're coming at this level where often we're you know we're writing to produce ourselves and we're writing to direct and make ourselves and we know we've got you know limited budgets or whatever there's sometimes you think do i want to give a heavy description because i'm never going to be able to afford to make a place look exactly like that you know and, and it's kind of how, how detailed do you go in describing stuff and um 
there's a lot of stuff. I'm I'm reading a book at the moment uh, called The Writer's Tale, uh, which is by Russell T Davies about his You're time all about the props on Doctor there, Who. Aren't you? Yeah, yeah. All, it's all about, about his time. All about his time on Doctor Who. It's a big chunky book, but it's um, about a thousand pages of all of his like emails and stuff from the last two years of writing Doctor Who. Um, and so it's like the full process of pitching down to script writing to everything else. And he talks a lot about pacing, which is like in the descriptions and stuff, which you don't really think about a ton. Where it's like you can spend ages describing something, but then if you're describing something in what's supposed to be a fast-paced scene, as a reader, it doesn't flow. And there's yeah. so much because it's quite interesting because obviously that's not what you see on screen. You know, I, I watch some of my favorite films. You don't know how they wrote it, but that first time that someone sat at their desk and opened that script. If it's paced wrong, if it's just too much yeah. description, too little description, if it's formatted wrong, anything else, it could be the same film on paper, but it's it, it so won't that, get made. That scene in 1914, that really long one shot scene yeah, yeah, that yeah. they had of him yeah. running down the trenches and all, like I can imagine that would just been a writing nightmare. Like it's got to be perfect. You know, you've got all these background characters moving around. You've got like machines and, and you've got vehicles yeah. rolling over and you've got like explosions going off. Like to write a script of, I mean, that that is like a script of the highest caliber. It doesn't but get also much if bigger you're, than if that. you're a writer and you're not directing, you can also, you don't want to tread on the director's toes either. Uh, mm, there's yeah. a, a, you know, if you say close up to this, cut to this, wide angle over the, you, you can do it to a degree if you focus on it too much, a director will read your script and go, but that's my job. Like, you know, yeah. what, what have you got uh, me on to do? And I think also, because the thing is, a script, um, obviously it's for producers, whatever, but also you're trying to sell it to the actors. Mm. The actors need to buy into it. And I think once you start putting, like, directions in and uh, too much stuff like close-up of this, close-up of that. If it's something really, really key, if you've got, if you're yeah, like, you're picturing it in a completely, like, it's a significant scene, you're picturing it in a certain way, go for it. But other or than that, write it on a different document. <laughs> but other than that, I just think it, it kills the, it, it just kills it dead. You know, a script shouldn't be technical. Mm. But the, 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 a shooting script, which is something else entirely, is a separate document for a reason. A shooting script is when yeah. someone's got the, the spec script and, and they've gone through it all, and a director or DOP has gone through and annotated, okay, we'll, we'll have a close-up of Izzy here, and then we'll have a wide shot of Karen. That's what that's for. So you shouldn't be bogging your actual original script down with too much of that, because otherwise you are just going to bore people. Because ultimately, the yeah. first person who reads that script, that's your audience. Before you're on a screen, that is an audience. You need to sell that. Yeah. To them. And uh, obviously, this is, this is, you're still talking shooting scripts, and you say shooting scripts obviously have more details. With me here, I have the script uh, for About Time, my Richard Curtis. I was going to say, I love actually about time. I have a Love Actually script up there, but I have this About Time script. And it, yeah. even in there, he, he's not, there is description, and description is important. He's not bogged down in describing stuff. Like, you know, you've yeah. got the general picture of it, and you and you yeah. know what you've got, and you're moving on. And and I think that's it. Is it's, it's the rhythm, it's the pacing. You know, I could sit and read this if I hadn't seen About Time. And there's a lot of scenes in this script, uh, which I don't even know if I'm allowed to disclose, because they never made it into the film. Um, and this isn't like a public thing. Um, I won't tell if you don't. <laughs> but there's a lot of scenes in there that, like, are you know, I I don't know the location, I don't know anything else, but you can read it and you can picture it perfectly. Yeah. But if he spent ages, you know, writing like like um like Victor Hugo did when he wrote Les Mis, spends nine chapters describing what the Parisian sewer systems look like. You yeah. lose it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But also, there is a lot of awareness in the whole in the industry. Because I remember, like, I can't remember what film it was now, but 
Quentin Tarantino. Um, yeah. He wrote, I think it was Quentin Tarantino. It might have been someone else. Sorry, I think, Quentin. I think, I think I you think it's Quentin wrong. Tarantino, if it's what but, I think you're going to say. And literally, it was like a page of just sort of self-celebration, kind of just self-indulgent description of a scene. Um, now, if you weren't Quentin Tarantino and you put that on the producer's desk, they're not even going to read it because they're going to look at that mm. thing. Nothing's happening. It's just there's way too much description. But once you get going, if you're a Ridley Scott or you're a Quentin Tarantino, you can put what you like and people will read it because it's Quentin Tarantino. So it's, it's you can break all the rules you like, but you have to be someone first. Well, yeah, that's it. Is you have to you have to show that you know the rules before you break them. Yeah. Otherwise, you look incompetent. Like yeah. that, that. That's something which I've looked at a point for the uh, for a while. So I'd also. I'd maybe advise if anyone here is is listening who wants to get into writing or directing. I mean, you both feel free to disagree with me. I already do. Your, your first film, don't make a big your your big artistic masterpiece. Make something, you know, you'll get, go write it. Get the stuff there. But I think g- understand the rules yeah. before you try and be the, the the next big filmmaker to to change how narrative structure works. Show that you know how it works first, so yeah. that then we can appreciate that you've done something different. I mean, one thing that Luke mentioned about um, not going too mad with directions and, and descriptions and stuff, um, where where I sort of cut my teeth and learnt my trade, because I wouldn't let me go to college, but Al, can you believe that? I wasn't allowed to do film at college. Never no mind. boldies allowed. Exactly. I know, yeah. Shrewsbury College, naming no names. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but it's fine. I'm past it. But um, but what I what, what I learned from uh, what I started on was doing these short short screenplay competitions where you have to do it all in five pages because if you can do it all in five pages, then you can do just about any other format there is because if you can get enough description out and still tell a story in five pages, then feature films is nothing because um, yeah. I would suggest that if you if you want to sort of get into it and you, you know you're worried about discipline or not getting going too mad with descriptions and stuff, then 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 enter these these um you know these short screenplay competitions where you have set rules and you are not and and yeah. never that's, yeah. that's, how we, that's how we met, wasn't it? Yeah, the loop, the loop. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's how we even like, got talking. trying to write a script. And I remember I spent like I was like, oh my god, this is like six pages long. This is going to be amazing. And someone was like, yeah, that's probably about thirty seconds of film. And I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the issue as well. I think some people, and I, I completely understand it. And I think we might even have uh, willing to say that at points we've been the same. Don't view shorts as below you ever. No. Like, or ne- never, never see that as it's not feature. I know I'm saying this as someone who's not made a feature, uh, so, it's, so it's a little, it's a little, you know, tongue in cheek in that point. But short, short form media and long form media are two different things. They're two different worlds. It's easier to try a short because money and all the likes, but also they they are two different processes that. Yeah. For, for, there, there's certain snobbery, I think, where you've got filmmakers who might be like, you know, I've made a feature and so and so has only made shorts. Yeah, but I mean, those... shorts look like incredibly undervalued. Like, there's so yeah. many good ones out there. Like, I think they're really harder to write. I think yeah. they're harder to write. Yeah. For me, they're harder to write because I'm so obsessed with detail and making things complicated and complex. And mm. I, I couldn't do, well, hopefully I can because I'm doing one in a few weeks. But, but, mm. uh, but as a rule, um, I find shorts really difficult. Yeah, but the short that you're doing in a few weeks, you sent the script over to us, and it's 54 pages long. Exactly. So, so yeah, it's um, it's interesting because I think, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to going on to to writing for Karen 
because longer form media, I've done a couple of longer form stuff that I've written that no one's seen. But as a whole, I think at a short level, every moment, every line matters, which you, yeah. you, you, you know, you, you, you should think the same for, for longer form. But at the end of the day, with a short form, you can't have a line, I don't think, you can't really have a scene, a piece of dialogue that just like establishes a relationship between characters or something you need every little bit to further the plot along to keep the pacing yeah. through yeah. whereas when you move to longer form media you get the chance to kind of practice a little bit and go you know what this is just a scene that we have in it's funny yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's finding the balance i guess between going he looks he looks at her as if he, he he as if he knows the lady rather than going he notices the sunlight breeze across her yeah, face yeah. when the yeah. wind just gently picks up the fringe of her hair that's, that's the, another the thing yeah, yeah. Uh, so, sorry that's yeah. another thing when you're writing directions in scripts don't go saying stuff that the audience won't know yeah. don't go saying here's here's john he has a brother who's seven and he has a if you're not showing it on screen don't write it in the script. There's a very simple phrase for that, and it's so simple. Remember this, um, budding writers out there. Say what you see. That's it. If you say can't see you it, see. leave say it out. I love it. Which is, which is interesting, because once again, I have read some scripts for like the top high-quality films that spend ages giving that big block of description before their character. Like I can't remember. It's, I think it might have been Taxi Driver or something. Ben again, probably. We read a bit in, in our film class, and it was just it like... Me it was such a big kind of paragraph yeah. about, and he's like this. And I remember they said like, you know, he slept with a woman last night and the smell of sex still carries on. So it's like, I don't know. I don't see, get that from watching the scene. See, the thing is what, what you need to be clever about is, is it's, it's perfectly okay to, to basically imply what Luke's talking about, but you don't say, Oh, last night he did this, that and the other. You just say he looks tired. The implication yeah. is enough. You don't need to say, or oh, you he's tired because stuff, of this. You write that stuff down and you tell your actors. Yeah, okay. but even at, even at a script level, I think you can get away with it, but you just make it physical so it's visible. So yeah. it's like, yeah, he's you, just you knackered, you know? Down. Or like, quite frankly, I got bored reading the, the opening page of, <laughs> of Taxi Driver's script. So things can be too short and they can be too, too, too long. No. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. weird. It is crazy. I've, written a, I've been writing a script and it's not for any... It's 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 for the, the the sellers thing that I'm making, and um, you know it's literally like uh, <laughs> camera following Chris whilst narrator says Chris is an urban explorer from Shrewsbury, and then we like next scene looking at Nigel. Nigel Baker is a well-known archaeologist from Shrewsbury. Next shot, drone shot of the we're getting drones and stuff. Like it's it's, it's, it's amazing, um, but yeah. like I no can't... drones in our care home. <laughs> I can't. I can't like put dialogue in because I am not an archaeologist and I am not an urban explorer. So I have to just let them ad lib that a little bit. I can't just be like, yeah. Chris, I'm going to give you a script to say, or an Nigel, I'm going to give even, you. Even the best do that though. Like one yeah, of my all time, well, no, my all time favorite episode of Doctor Who, uh, Vincent and the Doctor. Oh, who wrote that one, Luke? Uh, written by Richard Curtis. Yeah, um, there is a which I should say weirdly was my favorite episode for years before I even knew Richard Curtis was. <laughs> it's funny like, that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Before I had any idea who he was, and then I was like, "Oh, this screenwriter's cool. What's he written?" I was like, "Oh, he wrote my favorite episode of Doctor Who. That's interesting." But anyway, Vincent the Doctor. There's a big, powerful scene. I'm sure you'll recall uh, where Va where um, Bill Nye is talking about Van Gogh. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Richard uh, Curtis just gallery, knew. Yeah just knew that Bill Nye was a Van Gogh fan. And he just said, just talk about how you like Van Gogh. And that was it. 
That's what that scene is. That is one of the most emotional moments in all of Doctor Who. And he just said, Although if it's your first script that you're, that you're sending out to people, maybe just write something. I, I, similarly, don't, don't go writing in your first script. Actors say something, we'll add a little bit on the day. I've got <laughs> one example of that was um, locally with, with our own stuff. Um, we, we're about to do this Izzy versus Jess comic release special where our, our, our artistic character from, uh, from our previous projects meets Izzy. Uh, of course, played by Orla Jones from Karen, um, and and one thing that as the autistic character that she always does is that when she's stressed, she does what's called stimming, which is what a lot of people on the spectrum do to, to regulate themselves once they start to panic or they're nervous. It could be a physical thing, or they can they can mutter something to themselves obsessively. And with her, it's one fifty three twenty eight, which is the world record in female athletics at eight hundred meters. So she's obsessed with it. So when she gets so if you shouted at her just now, she was on a live podcast with Alan, didn't know what to say next. She was panicking, which I'm sure happens to lots of people. Is uh, she would mutter, get on with it, Gareth. Get on with it. She, <laughs> she muttered 153.28 to herself, um, and in the scripts now that's written in. Whereas to show that the trust that I had with the actress who played Jess for so many years, who's coming back to play the part one last time, is uh, I got to a point I didn't. I wrote a script with dialogue in it, and I said, "You just throw in the 153.28 when you want." Like you read it and you just put in as the character when you think she should do it rather than me writing it. And I just felt that when you get into the flow of a big monologue or whatever, it would be much more natural if she just does it as she feels is right than me tell her when to do it. Yeah. And for those of us reading the script, we'll, you know, it, it will play fine on the screen. But if I'm reading a big monologue scene and then after every sentence she says, she says 153.28, I might turn that script down and go, nah, can't be doing with this. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's got to be a bit of leniency into the context that's added on to yeah. why certain things would happen, I guess. And you've maybe got to hide that. Um, I've got to say, though, I do love a good short as much as I love a good feature or a good like uh, TV episode. Like one of uh, the some of the best writing in TV at the moment is, is Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty for me is up here. Morty's mind blowers, right, is a collection of crazy things that's happened to Morty that's made his mind blow, right? And there's also an episode of Rick and Morty called The Vat of Acid. If you've never watched Rick and Morty and you think, oh, this is this vulgar program, there's lots of swearing and stuff, go and watch The Vat of Acid. It's one of the most beautiful things you've and horrific. Can I just say, to well. people who've watched Rick and Morty and haven't seen Community, can they They should also go watch Community. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, same right. <laughs> <laughs> same right. Um, yeah. Um, my, my, and, you know, Nasi, you were saying, like, you know, that shorts are important too and it's sometimes yeah. it's it's just as difficult to write a short um how has it been like a transitioning from to, to writing like a full episode i don't know of karen uh from from a short what's the difference there for you guys well as we haven't written anything really um it's is I, I don't think it's too weird for me i wrote longer scripts before i've done like i think the longest script i've wrote is maybe about 60 pages so it's not like alien territory. I've been there before. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't think going from shorts to, um, you know, writing a episode, 60 odd pages is going to be too much of a challenge personally. But I, I guess the jump is, I, I think you just level up as a writer, like naturally as the, the more you write, the more's more's going to come. And, you know, then suddenly you're writing a 10 page script and now it's a 20 page script. You know, Sweetheart first started as a 10-page uh, script, and now it's like 23, 24. 
So it's like you just kind of, as you get better, you add pages and you add pages because you find more things to write about. You know, life experience is really good as a writer. You know, I might talk to someone, absolutely can't stand them as a person, but their story and the things they hold with them are like really good. I work at a pub, you know, some of the people there, <laughs> horrible people, but I listen to their stories. And I'm like, you know, you might make a feature in my script one day because it's just you absorb all this information to just put onto it. So is this to say that if anyone ever sits paranoid watching a film and thinking, someone's been watching me, then maybe it's true. It's a really good point Nasser just made about you do pick stuff up. Um, one idea, and I hope no one steals this because I haven't actually made this yet. Um, but hold on, hold on. Do we let Gareth say this before? Could we do what we should do? We... <laughs> Are you going to drop yourself in it, Gareth? <laughs> but, uh, probably, probably. But um, I was uh, working in a hotel back in the day. Um, it was a really, really crap hotel, which no one's staying in when they come up for the auditions, luckily. But... Um, but um, and um, and I just got told like secondhand this story of some old some old fella who used to work for the police. But um, during like it was like in the sixties, uh, the police force after the war and like so many people obviously going to die in that was uh, they were crying out for police officers who could write literally just like not like as in write scripts but had you know were literate there were so many people in the police force who literally could not even write notes. It was that bad. So one guy who was a poet. Um, for I need a job and poetry is not really paying too good. So he joined the police force based purely on the fact that he knew he could write. He had no experience. He wasn't like a big guy go fighting criminals or nothing. But he thought, I'm a, I'm an Street. I'm a local guy. What's the worst that can happen? I'll go, off, I'll, I'll, I'll go on my bike and I'll go and solve some crimes. It's all right, you know, and all that. And um, because things got so bad down south with the Cray Twins, he got sent down there to do. <laughs> crime fighting and this is a literally a guy who just writes uh, like he's a poet and he finds himself up against like you know runny and reggie and all that and i thought that's a comedy way to happen so luke yeah. oh yeah you go, you, go, you, 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 you go give me an idea after you've told the world that's that's lovely yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that thriller you called me about on christmas day did you posted that on facebook first or uh no well yeah but there was no taker so i gave it to you after i had this idea i had this idea for a, a film a thing like um I, I don't care if someone steals it because if someone goes and makes it and makes it into a great thing i'm happy because i'm not going to make it but it's um it, it's a napoleonic war sort of drama and you start off the story from one side from the british point of view and what this guy's going through for the battle and then you start off with the french side same point in the story what he's going through for the battle and they sort of meet up in the middle and i thought that was a really good idea to show how enemies might think of each other and how their perceptions yeah. may change during a battle and i thought oh that'd be quite a beautiful idea. Like so somebody, somebody please make that for me thanks um <laughs> this is a very very random interjection but i also kind of want to say that when, when i talked about treatments uh when we were talking about treatments earlier and i said like i don't do them one occasion in which i think it it is important and I, I do a mini version of treatments, sort of, in this case, is when you're dealing with a very serious theme that needs a lot of research. So, like, a project mm -hmm. I've got on at the moment that G Gareth is aware of, um, as well as, um, like, when I did stuff like Unstable and things like that. Like, I, a level of treatment, I think, has to be done then, because then you can go to people in research and say, we want to do this. How is this in line with what yeah. you're doing and then get back in touch people send the script over to the rest I, research is always important but yeah i think you need a treatment then because i can't go i couldn't just do unstable and go i want to make a movie about addiction i'm just going to write it and see what happens like yeah. stuff has to go in place then uh yeah. but 
when I, as, as a comedy writer, which is still how I'm defining myself, despite the fact that I think it's about 50-50 in what I've done, um, I, I don't do treatments for comedy. I just kind of let the jokes carry the plot as I come up with them. Um, yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes you've just got to try something. Like when it comes to writing, I imagine, before you find your the thing. I mean, you, you call yourself at the moment a comedy writer, but I mean, you may do something further down the line where you're like, actually... This feels I, well, I said, great. I said this to I said this to Gareth last night, didn't I? I said like I define myself as a comedy writer because I've just written a comedy. Gareth's uh, been discussing we discussing a thriller. I won't say anything more than the fact it's a thriller that I've been handed on to, and I thriller. know that by the time I finish that, I'll be a thriller writer. I know that I'll just decide at that point I'm not a comedy writer. I'm a thriller writer. I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think what's well, I think what's lovely about the three of us, um, and uh, and take today for instance, NASA sent me some 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 really good feedback that I was um, really like. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, but, but I was really touched. You took the time to do it because that's fifty-four pages, so that's a commitment just to read the thing. Never mind making it. Um, <laughs> well done, that's well done. But, but what's well, what's great about the three of us? One, we're we're all different, you know. Like like NASA's great at sort of like relationship stuff and domestic stuff, and um, and then obviously Luke's got his comedy down, and and Garrett's and, uh, not ginger. How do you know? <laughs> we'll never know. Um, and, then, and then there's me sort of like flying the whole drama flag. Um, and that's before we even get onto the scripts. But um, but what's great is that when we come up with an idea or we write a script is the support network. Like we send them to each other. And because it's not necessarily Luke's, I mean, me and NASA, I think, cross over a lot more in terms of what's our area. I think that would be fair. But, um, but, but, with all of us is we send stuff over to someone who hasn't written it, who isn't so invested in it, although probably fairly invested. And you get that real sort of some really great feedback. So it's one thing to get feedback from someone who's not a writer. And that's still important because the audience probably aren't writers and that, 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 that holds value. But to get feedback from someone who knows how difficult it is to do what we do is, yeah. is really, really, is really valuable. Okay, yeah, I think all... that's so important. Sorry. Like, but no, no, no. writing is such a lonely job sometimes because it's normally just you in a room with a with a computer or a notepad or something. You just sat there on your own writing and writing for hours and hours. So you send it to someone and then they come back with this lovely feedback or like this sheet of things that you can improve and stuff. It just it just makes you feel like then six, seven hours you spent writing this like 30-page drama, 54-page in Gareth's case, is like it was worth it, you know? So, the worst yeah. thing ever is to send a script to someone and just get thumbs up. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Okay. The one person probably outside of this, um, well, not the one person, there's lots of people who I get feedback from, but but um, the, the lead actress and Karen, um, Orla Jones, um, she's far more just an actress and, and she's a writer herself, not script writer, not as in like screenplays, but 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 writes. Um, and it really shows. Um, and and it's quick shout out for her on like one of the only two episodes she's not been on but um it is the is the, is the fact that i'm used to sending scripts to writers i'm uh, sorry to, to actors and you get feedback and that's all good and they tell you if, if they like it or they don't that's fine um but you can always tell when someone's a writer at heart because the, because the detail in the feedback is so is so much more valuable i'm not saying that everyone's feedback is important because it is but people like these guys and all who have got a background in writing um, that feedback is always nine times out of ten more valuable because they know what they know what you're talking about and they won't just okay. say oh this bit's rubbish they'll tell you how to fix it because they know how to fix it because they do it mm. I guess when it comes to dialogue as well it's but what works and what doesn't I mean I've done voice acting before where the script like I've, I've 
I've, I've said something, I've been doing something, and I'd be like, it doesn't roll off the tongue, it doesn't feel right, and you know, maybe we could try this, try that. How does that feel as a writer, Luke? And someone goes, your dialogue is terrible, I need to do it differently. How does that feel? There's there's a right way of saying it. Um, it's definitely tr- it's definitely true um, that times you know someone will say it doesn't work, but other times I'll watch some of my stuff back. Like there's, I, I'm I'm pretty proud of Unstable, but there's a scene in Unstable which is like emotionally the most pivotal scene like it leads is where like this kind of relationship's been set up it like it leads to their first kiss it's the scent the middle of like his addiction it's like it should be fantastic what it is is a character with no subtext saying exactly how he feels and i whenever i watch it back or i show the film to someone i'm just like i hate how that scene was that in the long term i wish that when i sent that script to someone and said what do you think they'd said oh i like this bit but sort that scene out and mm, yeah. um, and so in the long term that sort of stuff's really important and what's also important to any writers listening who are kind of don't think that their scripts are good or are getting too stressed over one thing i'd like to just say a first draft is a first draft it's called a first draft for a reason don't get yourself so fixated on it being perfect when you first send it out to people. Don't go Joss Whedon on their ass when they're like, "This doesn't read. This doesn't read well." Get off my set! No, you got to listen to your 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 talent. I guess if it doesn't yeah. feel right, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah, and and, and and just I I think when you release something into the world as a writer, and you know it's it's a scary scary thing, but when you release it into the world, you have to open yourself up to feedback. You have to be aware when you're writing it that some people aren't going to like it. Never mm. get feedback from one just one person either. Like, don't just oh, you yeah. know, oh, especially yeah. not family. Don't don't just like you know send send your script to your mum and go, what do you think? Because uh, she'll probably say it's great work. Now do the hoovering. Um, so don't don't go <laughs> My with that. Talented but baby. But, yeah, send it to yeah. people who. You know I, well, you don't know well. I, I, won't, I, I won't name the, what the, the script was or the person because, you know, I'm not about that. But um, I got I once got sent a script, which um, which was after it was like it wasn't it, it wasn't a screenplay. It was actually a novel, um, a short story thing. Um, and it was um, already on Amazon to buy. You know, you can self-publish in that, um, which I'm not knocking. I, I think that that is fantastic in today's day and age. That's that that's an, an opportunity that's open to creators and things like ourselves but anyway i was reading it and there was a lot wrong with it to be honest but i was reading it but the biggest thing was like this one poor girl she went and um i think she died and then like in the in the next chapter she turned up at some guy's house to check on him and i was like hang on a minute this doesn't i had to reread it and i was like but am i am i getting this wrong so i I read it all through and i was like no she definitely hangs herself and then in the next thing she's turning up in the car there's no reference to marks around the neck or anything it was like so this 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 doesn't sound right and then um i I got in touch with the guy and i said i've read it but my biggest concern is she's alive when she shouldn't be and he was like and he looked he's like oh my word i didn't realize that i better change it and i'm like People have paid for this. Like, they've actually sold this book. So, um, yeah, definitely get feedback before you start selling it. And reread yeah, and watch read, back read. your own stuff until you're bored to death of it. Like, you mm. know, it's not great to be at that point, but by the time the world saw Reduced to Clear, it wasn't <laughs> funny to me anymore. That's what you need. You need things to be stretched out to the point and no, then send no. it back to people. You know, you, you, you I think... 
a guy once said to me you never finish a film you just run out of time which is which is true There's, you're always going to end up with stuff that you want to you want to add you want to change but also just 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 allow yourself to get really bored with it and, and allow and then send it out to someone again you know work on it reread it reread it you know I, i'd even advise watching your own stuff or reading your own script like while you're working on it, maybe like every day or two, you go back through it. It sounds really, then really. Send it out. It's Izzy versus Jess. Honestly, if you walked into this room out and you watched me write Izzy versus Jess, my 54 pager that I've been doing recently, and I'm sat here and I'm literally like, there'll be a. I'm gonna. I've got a script here. I think I'll just 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 give you. I just imagine you sat at the t- at the typewriter because that's how class you are. Sting. I'm so hilarious. <laughs> that's why it all takes that's, that's why it takes so long for him to get scripts to us he has to fax them over but, uh, <laughs> but yeah <laughs> but basically what, what will happen is that Jess I'll, I'll say the, I say the lines out loud for a start I say it I literally say the scene out loud to myself yes. but yes. I go as far as I like, see Jess line where is everyone Izzy line who what are you on about who is it you're looking for and I'll genuinely do the accent as I'm doing yes. it yes well, Alex and I, when we were writing Reduce to Clear, we'd uh, each time we'd have a we'd, we'd end our writing session with right. Let's go from the top. Oop. Someone is Mike and stage directions. Someone is every other customer, and we'd read between us and we'd do the scene. And then sometimes that's the point when you realise typos, because you don't realise your typos until you read it out loud. Back when I used to study GCSE computer science, um, we, they, we they gave us all a rubber duck. Um, and like one of the first lessons, and they went, when your script, when your code doesn't work, explain to your rubber duck why it doesn't work. And some, just in saying it out loud, you go, oh, that's it, and and that's it. You know, yeah. just get yourself a rubber duck as a writer. So you ain't all rocking us, Gareth's my rubber duck. It uh, can't be easy though to like be like, okay, everybody, and everybody's looking at you, and you know, use reduce to clear as an example. You got this shop this made-up shop, all these people, the lighting people, the actors, everyone. Oh, everybody stop now. We need to just change this. And everybody's looking at you and you've got to explain this situation. I could feel my face burning off and the, 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 the embarrassment and the, you know, all this sort of things as you're explaining something you've messed up with or some direction somewhere or something. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't work. Um, what what you need is is actors that feedback with you on that actors, which is why writing and directing together is great. Like I want to give it a go, but I honestly can't see myself like long term writing something and then letting someone else direct it. Someone I... clip this a few years from now when I'm doing that, and and and, <laughs> and find out. But honestly, like I, to be able to be the one to feedback on stuff, to work with actors on the day, and they deliver a line, and you go, that doesn't sound quite right in your voice. Swap those words around. Or, yeah. or what I what I do in directing, I know this isn't meet the directors. What I do in directing is take one, the actors do it how they want to do it. I say to them, like, if a line doesn't work or you don't like a line, say it how you want to say it. I do the first take exactly how you want to do it. Then if I don't like it, I'll start giving my directions from there. Yeah. I mean, for me, even at the auditions, I know a lot of you, I know Al's obviously is at all, all of our auditions, albeit the ones coming up next month. But um uh, like I never, even at that level, I, when when there's a performance going on in front of me, I am not looking at that script. I am so focused on the performing, the acting. I'm not looking at it, and I don't think when well, so I don't think you know. I know when when I'm on a set and I'm um, doing a scene with someone. Obviously, it's someone else's job. It's not my job to be checking the script and that. But it's the last thing I'm thinking about. I mean, mm-hmm. if it gets to a point in the performance that I need to check a script because something's gone that wrong, then then we're in trouble. 
But actors who know their stuff, there shouldn't be a reason for me to be checking a script on a, on a set because it yeah. should just be it, it should be in there and, and, and in here and you're good to go. I, I remember scene two on Reduced to Clear, um, the scene with you and Macintosh. Um, Ed had the whole exchange with you and and uh, in the first take, I knew that a line had been missed, but I was like, "Well, it still flows." I'm not. I'm not as a, I, I know some directors might be really strict to the script so it's not an advice to all actors for everything because if you end up with the next kubrick they'll probably got big problems with that but i i, I was like i don't even see a, like a point in saying to ed oh you missed a line I, he said it to me i think on the lunch break he went i think i missed a line and i was like but it worked don't worry about it like yeah. I, if, if if you've got that flow i could break that flow by telling you there's an extra line that, that actor could then be sat doing that scene and going Hang on, I'm out of it now. <laughs> and on that, I know what Luke said, we're not on a Meet the Directors um, episode, but um, but one thing that, that is infuriating, and actors out there, please don't do this, is if you get it wrong, keep going unless we say cut. Because there yes. is nothing worse than when you know you've gone wrong and you say, oh, made a mistake then. The only mistake you've made mm. is by coming out of character. Just yeah, at going. the auditions, there's someone will stumble over their word. And, and, and honestly, this I don't think it's ever the, the deciding factor, but it does... It, it it does affect our decision, I think. Yeah, it does. It when someone's it. someone's reading a scene, especially like a, a, a can't talk about it, the Allard auditions, big scene, the last one, big yeah. big scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do that scene, big emotional point, and they realise they briefly said the wrong word. Oh, hang on, I'm going to go from the top of the page again. Yeah, no. and you just you're out of it. You just like what? Yeah, just, I, I, I remember saying to them in the feedback, as I think you did. I said those watching it on TV, they don't know what was written on your paper. Yeah. Basically, you don't what, have to prove them that you know it. <laughs> when the actor comes out of it, you might as well just turn the lights on. Yeah, you've literally just turned the lights on in the, in the theater. You've just you just stopped the film. You press pause. You've you've ejected the disc. You've thrown it in the bin. It's just it's 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 over once you do that. So definitely, and I've worked some really really talented actors who, who do it just out of, just out of habit. So I'm not saying that, that you're a bad actor. For I doing think it, it makes I think it makes sense because I think there is a kind of oh I need to let them know that I know I've messed up. But maybe take a real a real bit of um, discipline to be like not switch off because yeah. your well, your character is following that dialogue, you know. So, yeah. but I remember um, the main thing that we said. Sorry, Al. Uh, when we cast, Orla, okay? I'm trying to was, sit up in my chair. Um, and, him, huh? and when we cast Orla, um was that we weren't watching Orla Jones? We were watching Izzy Orchard in front of us. Yeah. Now, if in part way through that watching Izzy Orchard, she went, "Oh, sorry, I don't like that. Can I go from the top?" I'm not watching Izzy Orchard anymore. I'm watching Ola Jones. You've lost me. Yeah. yeah. And Ola Jones is in the chat. She says uh, she's just enjoying being part of the process. Well, I think you're oh. doing more than that, but Ola, you, you're a big part of the process. You, you, just a bit. A little bit. Um, Shona Jones as well. She says, I hope Izzy isn't being killed off. I think that's because something you said at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Episode, yeah. episode three of series that's, one. Big surprise, guys. <laughs> yeah. <What's this? laughs> Imagine. Um, that's all as mum, by the way, everyone. Um, oh. who, who actually, Hi, very Shona. kindly, donated to the crowdfunding campaign that we did before Fantastic. Christmas. So, so um, yeah. yeah so, thank so thank you all as mum. Luke Allen is in the chat saying, script, please, Gareth. And, and and Dean as well. Alad himself is in scripts. See, I, I don't mind when Dean says it. He doesn't say it to me every single day. But... Oh no, I, I'll have a full conversation with Gareth on WhatsApp, and then partway through, I'll just go, "How's the pilot script coming along? The one you Honestly, back in November? How's it my going?" House, my house could be on fire, right? And I could phone Luke. I don't know why I phone Luke about that. But, but if I did phone Luke about that, and I said my house is on fire, like literally, like you know, I need to get out, and like, I can't. I'll say, does that, hang on, is, is, does that mean that they're delaying the script? 
Yeah, exactly. That's all he cares about. <laughs> well, that's kind of a big part of the uh, the show there, Gareth. Is this uh, you turn up and be like, all right. <laughs> How's it going? You know, yeah. you know, you know, you said at the start about how you write, how you wrote your script, and you just went, "I'll just let let them do it." I'll, mm. I'll, the script will turn up on my desk, and I'll just say, "Aura will make it up. She knows what to do." Just, yeah. just a load of blank pages. To be fair, yeah. she could, but yeah, yeah. but, but no, completely ad lib. But yeah. you know, because we're running short on time, and I want to get on to sweetheart and and show everybody what's going on with NASA there. Um, but like procrastinating on a script that is being waited for, you know, you've got a deadline. Gareth, where is the script and why is it taking so long to write it? Is this a genuine problem for writers? Russell T. Davies, sorry, in this book is regularly like three weeks, four weeks late on scripts. They're like about to shoot and he's like, I should probably send them the script soon. Of all the people to, 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 to save me from that was Luke. That's really strange. I thought he'd be, <laughs> he'd be the first one to go in on that. Sorry. But, um, but, um, but in fairness, not that, it, that it's the same thing as obviously the pilot script, which is, you know, which is coming. Is um, Izzy versus Jess that's like 54 pages we shoot that in like less than four weeks so it was kind of like felt that we definitely that done because the pilot as excited as everyone is we shoot that in june so you know i would be mad to, to put that ahead of izzy versus jess just from the point of view of you know what what needs to happen first but that's i what do you keep telling yourself i mean <laughs> <laughs> but what i do hope is the fact that they've got that and, and also the audition scenes for the karen auditions we've got yes. coming up the five scenes there three of them which were original two of them we're, we're, we're using old scenes from previous auditions but the, the three we have done um i know the fifth one in particular um as as you know um got got people a bit excited um yeah, that, jokes aside what you produce is worth the time yeah, it is, it is yeah thank you guys so i'll pay you later but um but i'll probably have <laughs> you be <laughs> wow but um I pr i'll probably have churned out 200 pages in the last couple of weeks mm. so mm. it um i hope that if, if nothing else it fills you with confidence that when we do get it it will be worth it it, you know, so. it's not easy because uh, i'm dealing with the situation is okay so we've looked at these cellars underneath the streets of shrewsbury how do we end it thanks for looking at the cellar guys bye <laughs> black screen no yeah, i've yeah. got to try and end it and i'm that is still in my mind i'm trying to think about that um dean is in, in the chat he says big respect to all writers um i'm sure all the writers out there agree with you i mean it's not an easy thing to do um what well, so hasn't seen writing uh, NASA what, and I so he, he, he doesn't have he's, he's he's literally talking, very quickly he, he's literally talking about me which is totally fine but um, <laughs> but, um <laughs> but what I will say for Dean in particular is um Izzy versus Jess which I know um we're gonna somehow come on to in the short time we've got left um is um Alid who obviously is Dean's character he's he plays a, such an important part in that in that whole thing because whilst it's all about Izzy and Jess one thing that me and Luke were, we were discussing for, for months was how on earth do you set this up? Because there's so much that people who have been rocking us know what it's all about, bringing back our old character, face to our new character. But to an outside audience, how do you get that across? So without Alice, Dean Raymond's character, giving us that exposition, some, someone for all of us to bounce off, we were this close to having the short film open with Gareth and I sat on a sofa going, so viewers, this is what you need to know. Yeah, and that would have been so, <laughs> so, so, such a, an uncreative way That was to do our it. best idea for a month. Yeah. So, and then I literally went to come down. And this is another thing to think about, right, is, is don't procrastinate, unless me saying this, too much. Because when you start writing, it's weird how things just happen. 
So, um, and it but did also you write your best scripts when you're in the bath, when you're walking the dog, when you're out and about. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it's not a nine to five. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. far from it. But yeah, so credit to Dean because he has to travel in. You know, he's not local. Um, he's he's going to travel in. And he's going to play his part in something which ultimately isn't an Alex heavy performance. But without his character, the whole thing doesn't even get off the ground. So thank you, Dean, for for giving your time up for that. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to seeing Dean at the auditions uh, at the next month. Um, okay, so, Nasa. Hello. Uh, Sweetheart. What is Sweetheart? Tell us all about what Sweetheart is. So, Sweetheart's a short film, and it's essentially, it is a final phone call between two lovers. And it just kind of, like, looks at their two different situations and how they're, you know, going to say goodbye and, and come into terms. It's almost like grief before the person dies. So it's like, you know, like, when someone deals with, like... Well, like in, in terms of the pandemic, because I think that's where a lot of the unpredictability is relatable to like the everyday person. Is like, you know, if you've lost someone to, to COVID or cancer or something that you know the outcome is going to be bad, you kind of have this buildup of like coming to terms with losing that person. So it's like, you know, essentially the phone call is going to be like, oh, we know that this person's going to die, you know, and we watch the other character like realize that, you know say sorry, you know, apologise and, and kind of... You always talk. was a beep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, kind of, maybe. You don't know. You haven't seen the script or the film. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's nice. But yeah. Well, what I'm going to do is, uh, because uh, there is an, an, an Indiegogo um, crowdfunder there, I've put the link off in the chat for both youtube and facebook um so please if you if you want to help a local creator make something very special um please click on the link uh if it's a fiver a couple of quid even if it's more please help out Um, and what i will say for for sweetheart and for nasa in particular um is it was on the i don't think it was a sweetheart script specifically but other stuff that i've seen her do um that she sent me uh, on the back of that alone, I was like, I want you to guess right on Karen. You know, yeah, for um, a long time, Gareth promised me, "Hey, Luke, I, I'm going to give you a script, and uh, you give you one script, and you'll be the only person who gets this opportunity." Oh, and he phones me up a couple of weeks later and goes, "So NASA's writing for us." Yeah, and then Sweetheart turned up on my desk, and I went, "Yeah, yeah. all right." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, she, she, she she kicked the door down. I've only I've only known her um, since August to from reduced to clear, but she absolutely kicked the door down. And um, and uh, everyone pay attention that... to your sound people film film folks. By the yeah. way, don't ignore your sound department. A- no. Amy Nasta held the boom. That's how we know her. And then she comes out and churns out sweetheart. But the thing is, one of the best scripts I've ever read. What I will say for Nasta is is um, I don't want to say nice things about me at the moment, but my scripts but she is better at her age than, than i was when i was that age so i, I, no. I it's, it's frightening where she could end up I feel I'm talk about you so much. <laughs> well what we'll do is we'll watch this we'll watch the the campaign video for sweetheart i'll let you guys um watching decide um but i think it's beautiful i watched it i was like oh my god that's a visually brilliant uh, so we'll play this we'll come back after that and then um i want to i want to touch on the the intergenerational sort of link between all of this okay afterwards so here is the campaign trailer for sweetheart enjoy there's something about telling stories that excites me putting different characters in different situations and seeing how each one reacts maybe the words change or their voice begins to tremble maybe their hands shake and they start to cry or maybe they get maybe they just stop forget what it feels like to be a human. 
But what if two characters had a connection so rare and so deep that they can't even begin to imagine life without the other? That the thought of the other one not being there terrifies them so much. How'd they heal? Who would they be? Who are they now? Who was they? What character are they now? Because in some ways, we're all characters, forever changing in the moment, forever changing at the extent of others. It's crazy how different people and different situations can alter that character, how they can change who we are, and that the character we begin our life with will never be the person we end it with. And in short, that's what Sweetheart is. Let me just unmute myself, unmute Gareth, and unmute. That's what that's what I had to do. I had to go and unmute everybody so it sounded. Sorry, trying, I was going to say, trying to give that really quiet clap didn't really. Oh, stop! Stop! <laughs> stop! Sorry. What, um, what I will say for that, I haven't done my fair share of promos in the past. To do a promo without music is so brave. That takes guts. Yeah, I don't. Know, I don't know. It just—it felt like it just because I was just sat there and I was thinking about the project and it was. kind of like I think I wrote it late at night or whatever I was just feeling a bit lost on where it was going and I was just thinking of like what I was feeling for the project and then all these words just started coming I was just like let's do it where's that host gone I don't know (laughs) 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 I know know we're both bald but don't don't leave me I didn't know that was even possible he's back that's all right well what happened I just got kicked out my own <laughs> yeah, I thought, am I meant to be Al for a few minutes? But luckily, you came back before I. Sorry about that. Lasting Nancy, you, it's all right. You were just just telling me. I think it's my uh, my internet. Sorry, it's because YouTube. YouTube's like you can't do two things at the same time. Um, <laughs> but no, um, Nasa, I was very impressed with that. And what I was going to say was, yeah. you know, not using music, I think, really helped the visuals. You can you kind of sort of mm-hmm. focus in on it, and it actually yeah. adds to the emotion. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I said when we first started making it. Um, that I wanted it to be that I see what they see and the ears hear what they hear. Like I don't, you know, it doesn't. It just has to be honest and vulnerable. And I think, yeah. I think I've you achieve that. Definitely How old are you again? Eighteen, isn't it? You're eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen in February. End of February. She's eighteen. It's ridiculous. Um, it's to, so, produce, to produce stuff like that at eighteen. Wow. So yeah, fair play to you. And and I hope that. My biggest takeaway from this particular episode, Al, uh, I don't know about you, because obviously everyone knows me, everyone knows Luke, um, because we're, we're relatively local and we do a lot of stuff. But I think that the likes of Orla and Dean and that, who are obviously as the actors waiting for the scripts to come through when we get to the series, having seen this show, knowing that she's going to write an episode, that should get them excited. If it doesn't, there's something wrong with them. Yeah, mm. NASA, can you break into the spoken word poetry scene as well? Because you know, like, the, I've of that. I'm mm. I'm not a spoken word fan particularly. Not that I've like tried to, to get into it too much. You but have like, a listening podcast. To that, it's the same sort well, of no, thing. Well, no, it's not, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Me chatting rubbish for two hours mm. is not the same as what. It is if you want people to listen. You got to sound at least a little bit okay. You know, you can't be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. I get what you mean, though. Yeah, yeah I get. But what you but, mean. but in in. in in all honesty, like that as a promo, that is art. <laughs> See, the thing is, we spoke about it off air, I think, before we, before we came on the show. That is so different to what we did with Orla and Dean for the Karen crowdfunder. Both work probably as well as each other, but it, it's it 
the fact that within Rocky Nose you've got two entirely different styles, both working well, I think it's really exciting. That's, that's what makes it work. Paula like, says, so. whoa, NASA. Thank you. Yeah, you got a fan. You got a fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, I want to, I want to, I, I think we should do an episode based on intergenerational education because I feel like we could fill a whole episode about how old timers like me and Gareth are learning a lot from the youth, and the youth are yeah, learning yeah. a lot from us. There's this symbiotic sort of relationship going on there where, you know, life experiences. Uh, is Gareth's yeah. sort of department and the academics yeah. your support and also a change in how we um how we enjoy our media how things have changed there's, there's a different medium for, for for things all the time whether it's TikTok or social media <laughs> different types of films different camera rates the new new uh you know screen resolutions or that things constantly change and we can all learn from each other right yeah, hundred percent. I think that's what that's what that's what sets us apart. I think um, from a lot of other um, independent productions is that it's not one person just saying, "Right, this is the way it is," and and because no one gets it right all the time. But the, the three of us, that our styles—not just styles of writing, but as people—we're so different. Uh, me and Luke had a meeting yesterday, and the person we the meeting with, who, who knows me relatively well, and met Luke for the first time, and and they were. Day before yesterday, I think. Day before yesterday, sorry, yeah. And and she was saying um, that you two, pretty much what she was getting at was you two shouldn't work, you shouldn't shouldn't be able to work together because our worldviews are totally different. Like, if Luke found a wallet on on the floor, he would would do something very different with it than what I would do. (laughs) Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. We are just... I'm not saying I'm a thief, by the way, and I'm not saying Luke's a thief, but but that's just (laughs) one example of... um, how, how our attitudes in every sense are so Gareth different. would take commission for his time. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, Demand a reward. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is fascinating. And it's, I, I, I want to give a sh- sort of huge shout out to you, Gareth, as Rocking Horse as well, for taking the risk of us young people and, and, and allowing mm. us the opportunities to do stuff. Yeah, Because man, for... quite frankly, uh, you know, I, I've been applying for film stuff like on, on film sets, film jobs and stuff since I was 14, 15. And quite frankly, most places won't take me. Safeguarding reasons make sense a little bit. But for the most part, it's like, well, you, you know, you can't be a filmmaker. You're 15, you know, um, mm. which is scary because it means the moment you turn 18, you're competing with everyone who's been waiting since they've been 14, 15. And those who just decided yesterday that they wanted to get into film all together in one go. So the idea that Gareth is able to give some of us, like some people like us, a voice, a chance to make the yeah. stuff that we want to make, and to be treated as equals with those of you who, you know, you've been working in, you know, on one project for what eight years. Yeah. You know, it's 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 insane. My longest term project has been like a year, and 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 so to 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 know that you treat us with the same level of respect as we treat you is honestly like. Yeah. one of a kind it's incredibly reassuring and it, it really sets a bar for like how film should be and you know, yeah, yeah. How i mean i know that we, we spoke on a different mm. on a different podcast because i was on a different show i'm really sorry but um but we did go on a different yeah i know um but um and and it came up then you know that, that nasa in particular is uh, been given a, a pretty sort of um unfortunate dealt a fairly unfortunate hand before mm. she produced a clear in terms of who she was working with uh, a, a producer type and um she felt that 
oh, this is just the way the industry is, which it, it is in a lot of ways, unfortunately, that she was getting talked down to and treated, you know, with, you know, not how she should have been. Comes and meets us and realises that for all of the jokes and the banter and me being fairly inappropriate most times of the day, is that beyond all of yeah, that is yeah. that you can work with people just because you're young doesn't mean you should get talked down to or disrespected. You know, you're not here to feed our ego. You know, your yeah. you know your your opinions matter as much as mine do. And, and on an artistic level, it can be difficult though as well. Is you know the film industry is a very competitive industry. It would also be very easy for you to view us as rivals, for you to not want to give us that step up and to kind of you know because I I felt it to a really small level is like at points until recently because I, I, I started realising that own train of thought, that I'd be talking to someone and, and they, you know, they'd be like, oh, you know, I'm a filmmaker, and I'd be thinking, all that I define myself by is also all that you define yourself by. We can't both be making stuff. You know, come on, which one of us is better? You know, which I, I think is difficult, but in the competition film festival world, that's the way your brain is kind of trained to, you know, it, it's who's better, whereas... The, the opportunities which you're doing, which is so much better, um, is the is the is the concept of, well, look, we're both writers. Let's work together. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, and, and I think that that I is think... that is the best approach, and that's it... the approach that I've been taking since Reduced to Clear. But mm -hmm. before then, I was scared of other filmmakers, frankly. And what, what I will say for you two, and not just you two, but um, the likes of um, Orla and Dean and, and and the likes as well, um, is that for for a long time it's, it's fairly well documented that we've Karen is a spin-off, well, it's far more than that now, but was originally a spin-off of a feature film idea that didn't happen for one reason or another. There were numerous ones. The film never got made. Um, Jess Andrews, the autistic character, was the, was the focal point of that. And, uh, and I I'm, I'm got to a point, obviously, when the alcoholism kicked in as well, when, no getting away from it, I was being laughed at. My, Jess, as a character, was almost symbolic of failure. It was just, that's never going to happen. She's never going to be anything. Um, and now we're at a point with Vizzy versus Jess coming up and, you know, the feedback I've had from you guys and the amount of respect that you've got for a character that you've not actually even seen in the flesh yet um, really means an awful lot to me, you know. So as far as I'm concerned, um, I've always said if you're good enough, you're old enough. But the respect you guys have got, I've, I've, I've been around people far more experienced, quote unquote, older people who you would expect to give you the respect and, and to give you a chance. And you guys... Um, have been far more respectful and open and kind and supportive than they have. So uh, age really is just a number. Mm. Ah, beautiful, beautiful. Well, you guys are all great. You're all great. And you come on my podcast and we talk about stuff and it's really Love cool. it. Really Love cool. it. Love right, it. But we need to we need to talk about the uh the, the Jess and Izzy thing. And I got a promote like a uh, an announcement thing here that I want to share with you guys. We'll share this, we'll do a quick bit of chat, Luke, and then we'll get <laughs> I've got a I've got a thing to plug at the end if that's okay. Wednesday, you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. that's on that's on my list to, to oh, tell lovely. people. So I'll be there too. Right, okay, let's do that right there. Bum, bum, bum. Um, share this full screen mute so, everybody for sport relief in 2022 we're going to do something a little bit different have you seen this we're going to be bringing you two people who should never ever meet and on any other night of the year in any year would never meet not not like this it's We're also very non-canon very non-canon <laughs> this non will never happen <laughs> we're going to be bringing together the face that was of Rocking Horse Studios. 
name is Christy Kelly and I am playing the lead role in Ostrich's community feature film Run For Your Life. And the face that is now Rocking Horse Media. My name's Orla, I'm 20 years old. It's not us two. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so funny because Steph is like, would you like to be at Izzy? You've, you've got the part. And I'm like, but, but really. And basically there's just this really awkward pause of nothing. And then I go, I'd be honoured. I'd be honoured. <laughs> What a, a brand new face of, of, the, of the business, which has come out of nowhere, um, who everyone's looking forward to working with, and, is, and she's become a big part of the family. But it's always been in the back of my mind that we never really got the chance to say goodbye and, and, and pay the respect that we should do to the last person who was the face of, of the business. Where is everyone? Our previous project, which didn't quite work out the way we wanted it to at the time, um, with surrounding autism, surrounding anti-bullying and, and, and Jess, the character Jess, we wanted to find a way to go back to that and and just make people aware we haven't forgotten, there is unfinished business there, and to give the actress who played that part a chance to sort of sign off on her own terms. The film we are making is about my character Jess, who is an autistic athlete struggling with college life and bullying. And that was the first time I was like, oh wow, Christy can really act. I know, I'm sorry, I promise. I saw that and I was very overwhelmed by her performance where it's like, oh yeah, she can she can share a scene with Orla Jones and that is a that is a high standard to any actor. If if, if I say of an actor they can share a scene with Orla Jones, then they've done a good job. Not taking Jessica. <laughs> I'd leave her here with you. With the fact that I was not very aware of the run of your life stuff until um, this conversation, I asked started asking more questions about it. I got so, so excited. I think people can appreciate this as followers of Karen and not followers of Run For Your Life, or as followers of Run For Your Life and not followers of Karen. Two worlds are about to collide. I think we're in for a real treat. Well, let me unmute everybody. That's how we have to do things now. Don't worry about that. What is this? Go away, Bill Bailey. Right, okay, that was great. That was brilliant. It was a real honor to be asked to be in that video, honestly. Like, it's it's your your eight-year project that it, it felt like I kind of won some sort of competition to, you know, sneak my way in the video. Do you know what it did to me personally? And this is a guy who's just literally just come into this whole thing, right? Um, seeing all of there from the auditions and smiling, seeing everybody. That's the part where I sort of entered all this, really. And seeing all yeah. that back, it's kind of like, oh, oh, that's really nice to see. So there's a progression here that I'm really liking. I'm enjoying yeah, and, this. And also, let's be honest, we say we say it's a progression. And you're absolutely right. It, it, it is. But we cast all it in what, like, November? 
three months ago. It's been only three months. No, it hasn't. You lie in. Oh, yeah, it's been right. three months since since that that audition, which changed everything up until mm. now. And bringing Christy back, and uh, yeah, three months. We've done all that. In, I've done more in three months than I did in eight years. So, oh, wow. you know. so we've actually got longer until we film the pilot than when we first. Yeah, saw that as like a feasible thing. I might not be too fussy about the scripts now, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> what I will say, what I will, what I will say, um, from a personal point of view, as the writer of of of, of Jess originally, not now is he, um, is it's very very rare that you get what are meant to be from two different projects, your two favourite characters to be given an opportunity to bring them together played by the right actors because you've got to remember all of us doesn't need to do this Chrissy doesn't need to do this this is not like a contractual thing this isn't part of Karen it's not part of Run For Your Life you know Chrissy doesn't need to come back and play Jess one last time but she but she wants to all is prepared to do it to help you know to, she thinks it's it, it's important that Christy gets this send off um, but to be given an opportunity we are honestly talking it's like Tyson fighting Ali it's, it's like, you know, this shouldn't be possible. And we're very, very lucky that we get to see it come to life. So um, I'm, I'm absolutely humbled that it's even a possibility. Well, we, I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing it all develop. I really am. I really am. Um, we are running short time. Um, but thank you, so guys, for, for, for today. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. And it's like, it's like I've written, these are my notes for today, people's names, like I said. And we've just had this amazing discussion. Just so thank you so it. much. We well, yeah. are well but, done, um, us. Yeah, well um, done, us. Um, on Wednesday, if you want to see Luke Allen in the flesh, um, they are. <laughs> <they're, laughs> that. <laughs> that made me uncomfortable, and I'm Luke Allen. <laughs> <laughs> you can look, just don't touch, all right? Um, but Wellington Orbit, the guy, a big shout out to the guys at Wellington Orbit. They're doing like a yes. podcast to cr- content creators, almost like a, a conference where people can go and talk and listen to a network. And it's, it sounds like a really amazing thing, actually. So if you're a content creator or a podcast, and you're in the Shropshire area, you want to get involved, make sure you follow um, uh, Wellington Orbit on Facebook. Yeah, like they sent me an email, what, about a week ago or something, saying, we've got this event coming up. Do you want to come and give a bit of a talk? And I, my motto has always been say yes before I then figure out what to do. Okay, let me make um, a note of that. Well, no, <laughs> when, it's, when, when it's feasible yeah. and when it doesn't compromise my values, of course. But yeah, uh, so I was like, yeah, sure. And then next thing I know, like I'm being promoted as like, oh, this I'm the speaker who's in the. I was like, I didn't realize I was the speaker, <laughs> and I didn't realize. I'm suddenly like, oh, okay, this is going to be interesting. So uh, be prepared. Please come for the event and for all the networking. Yeah. I've never written a 15 minute speech before. I've got a heck of an opening line. If you can stay like really like that opening line for about. Oh, don't minutes, do that. Don't take a joke and put it on a pedestal. Like I'll give you an uh, ironic <laughs> laugh if it's terrible. Ah! Well, it's, it's, it's ah! not even. It's not even a joke. Ah! It's, 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 a, it's a hook. When, when does this ever happen? When the director's speech is going to be longer than his film? <laughs> That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Um, it happens a little bit too much. Um, but but yeah, it's 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 going to be a fun night. I've I've got a really interesting talk planned. In all seriousness, it's it's yeah. a, it's, it's it's called if you don't ask, and it's all about just the point of of, of asking and how to ask and. And how asking has got me where I am so far. Um, oh, so, yeah. I've only seen slight snippets, but from what I've seen, you're in for a treat if you can get there. Yeah. And it's completely yeah. free. So it's free. Come along. Yeah. 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 Work, it's chat with people. It's evening of Wednesday. I can't remember the exact time. It might be like seven, half seven-ish. Quarter past seven, I believe. 
quarter past seven. seven. There we go. I know I should know the time. I just know I'll, I'll be there. there. I, as soon as, I, as soon as I saw it, I, was like, I don't care for Luke Allen. That's there. I'm definitely going to be involved. I'm the biscuit guy. I've got to be there. Um, and so if you're if you <laughs> if you make content um, and you want to get involved with fellow people like yourselves, please get involved. It's on event. Or even right? if you you know don't don't worry about your 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 status or whatever either. Like if you want to make content, if yeah, you, you know if you, just yeah. just come, just turn up. Or even if you're bored, if you're bored and you want yeah, something yeah, free, it's free, isn't it? It's cold outside. It's raining. <laughs> need, an, need an alibi for the night, you know. Go, guess, yeah. just get down there. <laughs> it's Wellington, you know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I have shares in that cinema. I love that cinema. Just putting it out there. Are we still live? We are, aren't we? Yeah, we are still live. We're messing out of it, though, because Gary's <laughs> losing the will to, to <laughs> kind people. To be fair, he's managed one hour 18. That's I've done a lot, and I? I've done pretty well, good, to be fair. This has been the longest horses and biscuits we've done. I know, yeah. yeah. I know, just wait till the edited version's half an hour. And yeah, yeah. So I'm going to do it in four-part series. <laughs> Al, I'm sure you're going to mention it anyway, but I thought just, just very quickly, quick shout-out for, for next time. We're going to have um, all the Jones, of course, and Christy Kelly, Izzy and Jess. Nice Izzy and Jess special coming up. So, so you know, shut up, shut us, us writers up for a bit and, and talk to the talk to the guys on camera. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think Luke Allen's done enough talking for a couple of episodes anyway. He's fine. Yeah, 100%. Um, he, he's, he's not even denying it. He's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't done I haven't done podcasts properly for ages. Like, I've I've just not been signing on to guest spots like I do. So I, I get oh. in front of the microphone and I go, Ooh. and also because I used to host. You know, I used to host shows. I, I, I go into host mode when I'm in front of a microphone. I... Yeah. yeah. So just yeah. tell me right, to shut up. You do, but do tell me to shut up when it's too yeah, polite. Shut up. Too polite. You've done well. Right. All right. Guys, um, I'd like to give you uh, let you guys know how you can follow the Shoes of Biscuit as well and follow us because obviously this is done between the Shoes of Biscuit and Rocking Horse. Um, you can check out our website, which is the Shoes of Biscuit Podcast.co.uk. All of our content, all our, all our podcasts are all on there. You can learn all about us. You can literally press play and listen to a, a, a podcast directly off the website and uh, that's made for us by our friends at web orchard if you need a podcast um they make fantastic websites the um um oh, I thought that was my my web orchard thing i don't know where it's gone well there web orchard check them out they'll make a great website just for you like they did for us right and let's get out of here gareth actually social media and stuff rocking us uh yeah no do you want to do it since you pretty much are the social media guy for apart from <laughs> yeah facebook, i was just so. typing it i was just typing it in the chat then so uh you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram on instagram we are at rocking underscore horse underscore media on facebook we are rocking horse media you just search us up you'll find us there and on twitter we are at rh media ent which i know is annoying it's I, I, in saying it i'm like but it's mm. fine it's just or just search rocking horse media and entertainment will probably come up you'll find our stuff you'll see all our stuff i need to update twitter our banner says very merry christmas from the rocking <laughs> horse family. um but yeah go 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 follow us uh rocking horse media.co.uk and also we have one slot left because um it, it, it i think it sums up how well how ridiculously well the campaign's <laughs> going for the karen auditions because small matter we need a title title character for our, for a Karen drama we're doing just that that little thing we'll just add that in at the end but um we've literally got one slot left we've we've got 11 karens coming to audition we've got one slot left and after that we're going to go to a short list um and self tapes and stuff so uh if you're interested info at rockinghorsemedia.co.uk get in touch quick because there's only one what only one more opportunity to, to audition or keith i keep saying that Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, Al, the slot's still open. Yeah, yeah, no, it's still there, still there. 
I got to decide whether I'm going to be, uh, you know, the the main character of this amazing thing or podcast genius. I just I don't know which one I'm going to do. do I both. can't do both. I can't. I can't be like. And as he, he's walking up to the the mic now, and I'm and I rush around. I'm like, hi, my name's Keith. <laughs> you know. Can we have Al do audio description? for the dvd yeah, that would Definitely be amazing <laughs> that would be amazing nasa um if you want people to follow you uh you know with especially with the sweetheart stuff have you got social media handles yes yes instagram's the best place to find me i'm at amy.buzzfilm however if you also want to follow the sweetheart page it's sweetheart underscore short film both on instagram that's where you can contact me dm me whatever enjoy it you know Cool. Right, let's get out of here because this has been going on for a long time. You guys have been amazing, though. Regardless of how long this episode's gone, I've enjoyed chatting to you. Thank you to everybody in the comments that's been dro- uh, dropping a, a nice things to say. Uh, if you haven't, then shame on you. Shame. <laughs> shame. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace out. See you later. Toodle.